Welcome to the Packer Forest podcast. We lost. It's over. Everything's over. The podcast is over. We lost. It's never happening again. I don't know when next football season starts. It's never. It's That's what I thought. I thought that that was it. Packers I am up. your host, Elliot Sill. I'm joined by my brothers, Peter Sill and Andrew Sill. Andrew, how are you doing today? Great. Really? I'm doing good. I'm horrible because the Packers lost and the season is over. 24 to 21 to the 49ers. That was a while always, ago. It's always the fucking 49ers. Yeah, it was It was a while ago, but you know what? I have been not, I've been like compartmentalizing and not thinking about it. So this is actually like, it basically in my mind, it's like 15 minutes after the game right now. Just thinking about it. Fresh. Yeah, still fresh. Yeah. Even though it's Tuesday. It's weird. After the Cowboys game, I remember waking up and thinking, God damn it. The season's over. We law wait. We kicked their fucking ass. <laughs> this is cool. And then this week I woke up like, oh man, football season is oh wait. We lost. It's over. I don't know, man. Expectations switch up wildly from one week to the next. Yeah. They sure do. So I want to start by talking about overall thoughts on the season. And I'll actually lead with mine. Now, usually I let you guys talk first, and then I respond to that and talk the most. This time I figured I would just talk the most first and get that out of the way. And you can really kind of knock out some of my thoughts. Right. If you just think of what I'm thinking of, that would be really nice. So I don't have to stumble through um, just really a really messy thought process that is my brain. So the Packers were underdogs this season. It was supposed to be a rebuilding year, but I think those of us who are really in tune with the team knew that there was the potential for more than that. I think personally, I was on top of Jordan Love's potential from the start. I think after seeing improved performances uh, like last year in Philadelphia and through the preseason as well, I had actually pretty high expectations for him. Um, And I thought a lot of people were uh, underrating the Packers because they assumed he would be worse than he would turn out to be. Uh, And I think that that was correct. But this season was also marred by an early stretch of, frustrating, um, simple mistakes that led to some losses against bad teams that I think we're all pretty confident if the Packers go into Las Vegas, you know, with the, the team they had at the end of the year, they win that game. If they're playing the Broncos in Denver with the team they had at the end of the year, they win that game. And so that was part of the growing process. And that hit, that hit a little harder than I was, you know, I'm an optimist and I know I'm an optimist, but that hit a little harder than I was expecting. Um, Whereas by the time that things got rolling towards the back end of the season and Jordan Love started to look not just like uh, the answer at quarterback, but uh, potentially a top 10 quarterback in the league. um, That was, that was the, the vision that I had for this team from the start. 
and they came into the playoffs. They managed to win that game against Chicago to get into the playoffs, and they came in red hot, and they absolutely blew the doors off of the Dallas Cowboys. And that will be the main takeaway from the season is that triumph and reaching heights that they weren't expected to reach and also that they wouldn't have been allowed to reach under the previous playoff format. They wouldn't have made the playoffs four years ago. They just wouldn't. So crazy. They got in as the seven seed. They were the first seven seed to ever win their wild card game. Um, it was amazing. And then you have this really bitter ending in which they outplayed the 49ers but at the end of the day, they just had some of their youth and and inexperience and perhaps immaturity kind of catch up to them. And while that was, you know, overall the season was incredibly successful and incredibly encouraging, it is still really hard not to be disappointed because you can see that they reached a height where they were good enough to beat that team. And boy, they got close. And at the end of the day, you only get so many of these chances. And even though we didn't anticipate this year being one, it was a chance to make a run. And so that's disappointment. But I think that's going <laughs> to that's gonna carry some momentum through the offseason. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to sit with some of these guys and it's going to allow the team to grow. I mean, these disappointments... Um, they don't have to be the end of your story. They can be your origin story. And so I'm hoping for big things from the Packers team next year. But overall, man, what a ride it was. Yeah, you know, that that was a really great overview of it was a really nice way to sum up, you know, this season. The one thing is that, you know, we didn't that wasn't very funny. You didn't like talk about like, I don't know, nipples or like ripping nut sacks off of bud grant or anything like that there was that was a lot of appropriate stuff so you know that's just one thing i would say about um about what you had to say there okay yeah yeah try and work in some more dick jokes yeah more dick and fart jokes (laughs) yeah fart um sure for sure hey here's one what david poop diari <laughs> there we go, and we're back. Yeah, I saw a good thing on Twitter not too long ago. That's like, it's really sad if you don't enjoy fart jokes because you're gonna go through life with the same amount of farts, just less joy. Yeah, yeah. You gotta enjoy the fart jokes, man, because you're gonna get the farts whether you want them or not. It's better if you can laugh about them. Yeah. Now you're just smelling shitty farts and you're mad about it. Farts really are a gift from God. Thank um, you. Speaking about gifts from God, Jordan Love. Um, I Elliot, I think, is one of the only people I know that expected more from the Packers. I think, I think it was really amazing because Packer fans have gotten this. Uh, you know, I've gotten this label of being spoiled for the last number of years or feeling entitled, entitled town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this year we showed that we're not, <laughs> that we're really not. Everybody saw this team happening and we're like, this is amazing. 
And it really goes to show that that label of Entitled Town came from the promises of Aaron Rodgers. It came from the promise that he was the best, you know, and he showed us many, many times that he was an extremely, unbelievably talented thrower. And I don't want to keep talking about him, but the label of Entitled Town isn't true. Like, we really had wonderful expectations, really well-set expectations for this season as a whole. Um, And then when we surpassed those, and the way that everybody's dealt with this, yes, there is a sadness of what should have been. Of this, we definitely should be playing for the Super Bowl next week. Um the game that we just played was probably the best game that is going to happen. Most likely the best game that's going to happen in the whole NFC playoffs, unless the Lions come out and upset the 49ers. Um, but yeah, and title town, no more. I think it, it really is. It makes me love this fan base a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think, although I will say like, we did have people casually mocking quarterbacks to the Packers in round one in October and people calling for the defensive coordinator's job in week two and people calling for the head coach's job in October. And you did have some of that, but Mm -hmm. I I, I don't, I don't know if it was, I don't know if that could be a case of the the loud minority versus the quiet majority. I, I think that's what it is, man. I, the more and more I think about it, the more Twitter is not a real place. Like, how many followers does Aaron Nagler have? I mean, he's like the center of Packers Twitter. That is not a football player. He's got like 100,000 followers. There are millions of us. There's millions of Packer fans. Mm, mm-hmm. You know? Most Packers fans don't follow Aaron Nagler <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. Right. As it turns out. Most Packer fans I talk to in real life are not on Twitter. Yeah. Which begs the question... What, what the fuck do- are we doing on Twitter? <laughs> what are we doing on Twitter? We're trying to find some good. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. All right, legend, Mr. Seven wins would be nice. Would be. What are your Arlo. overall thoughts on the season? Seven wins was great. Eight wins was okay. Nine wins was too much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like it. Regret every bit of it. <laughs> I disagree with you on the entitled town going away, Peter, because as soon as we started looking like a playoff team, fans started demanding that we were a playoff team. After we beat the Cowboys, so much of the fan base thought we deserved, we were, we were entitled to beating the 49ers. Surprisingly, we should have beat the 49ers, but... Nobody needs to know that. Shut up, everybody. <laughs> Finally, we got our asses kicked. The thing that worries me is that it was so good that we're going to come out slumping next year, which would be absolutely normal and predictable to have a year that was this far of expectations to have a year where we fall back to earth a little bit. Sophomore slumps are very common. And the second we do next year, the second Aaron or Bula, gross, Jordan throws two picks in a game, 
people are going to be saying what's going on with this kid. He's a fucking head case and they're going to be calling for his head all of a sudden. I, I mean, yeah, I, just I mean, the normal overreaction cycle of the NFL, but man, yeah, I, got, I got a question about that because we are going to be expected as next year's hot new up and coming team, right? Yes. Like that's what the Jaguars were this year and they fucking blew it. Mm. Right. They had everything in front of them and they just blew it. You know, I think of teams like the, you know, after Justin Herbert's first year chargers, it's like, Oh, this is a team to look out for. Mm. Or even the bills, like the bills are kind of, they're like, Oh, it's going to be the bills year. And it's never the bills year, you know? Mm. And so you see all these slumps from these other teams, yeah. but what about the Packers? What I about think- this team? Makes you think that there's not going to that there's actually going to be a slump. What about this team makes you think that they're not going to grow? Well, for one, schedule is pretty damn easy this year. Okay, schedule's not terrible next year either. We could do it. We did handle the schedule that we had pretty well as the season went on. Mm. I yeah, just, we were better in the, in the tough games. Yeah, we were sh- we were like really shitty against bad teams. That is a reason for growth. If you are better in the tougher games, this this last one was just a little bit too tough. Is there any? Yeah, you I'm have any other really reason? Worried that we're going to come out feeling ourselves too much after what we did this off season, and after everybody is talking about. Jordan Love is a top five quarterback all of a sudden. And I think we're going to hit the ground and just not be that right away. I think it's going to take us some time to get going, get some momentum, get back into the swing of things. I think we're going to start out probably two and two, maybe even two and three. And I think people are going to start losing their shit a little bit. I The thing is, I don't see something like that happening. Which is why you're going to be pissed off when it does happen. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but, the, but the reason is, is that this is a young team that knows. I, I just feel like young players in the NFL understand the expectation of growth. That that first to second year jump is huge. And that second to third year jump is huge. And that's all, like, like, that's all we have. I mean, it's not I, all we have. So but it's a lot we have to go have. out and earn it. Though. You can't just ride the wave of, yeah. No, no you yeah. can't ride the wave. But I think like the expectation that this off season is for work is going to be strong with this team, and I see this team putting in a ton of work. Like Jordan Love is still. This is still one of the brokest teams oh, in yeah. the league, right? Like, this is still young guys that haven't made all their money yet that don't exactly are not necessarily hungry for, like, oh, I'm going to go on a huge vacation. I'm going to fucking Russia, dog. I'm doing the Russia tour this year. <laughs> you <What>? know? <laughs> that's not where people vacation. I don't know. To like, begin if with. you can get in with like the Russian aristocrats, <clears throat> I bet that's crazy. You know, like, I'm saying, like, they've reached <laughs> unknown levels of money. Right. I'm take a vacation in this Ukraine war. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, dude, I'm getting that fighter pilot experience. Okay. You know? But it's, it's still a broke team that's like still hungry, that knows that what the power is of this team is their potential, actually. 
So I, I have a couple reasons of, for optimism against what you're suggesting, Andrew. And that the first one is, um, the, the, like in the building, it's different, right? It's always different in the building as fans. We're like, okay, it's off season time to like, reprioritize my life and my family and stop staying up an extra two hours every night, just like staring at the standings and, and <laughs> ideating about potential matchups and draft, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, at least for those of us that aren't like draft obsessed crazies, like most of us are not that level of sicko. And so it gets to a point where it's like, all right, um, I've been imbalanced towards the Packers time to rebalance things and get, not think about them for a while. Meanwhile, in the building, the the tone is much different. So I watched Matt LaFleur's postseason press conference um, on Monday, and really he had a great message about that to the team of like all of this growth that we need to make must be earned. We are not going to simply be better because of how good we are um, at the end of the season. He said, you're you're either getting better or getting worse. There is no staying the same. So if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And so it sounds like his message to the team was really on point as far as making the most out of the offseason. And also, I love I love that there's a lot of competition on this team. Like when I saw the Ike Packers account, right? The most... Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Reviled Twitter account on in existence. Posed the question yesterday. Who is the Packers number one receiver? And I was like, what a dumb fucking time to ask that question. <laughs> like there's not a game for eight months. And we don't know who the number one receiver is. That's really up to this offseason. In which one of those four dudes wants to have the best offseason, they're going to be the number one guy because that's how close they all are. But would the Packers have won that game with Devontae Adams? No. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm being a little pickle. Yeah. That is a great point, though. No. The fact that we have four dudes all vying to be number one is the one reason you can point to. None of these guys get to go easy in the offseason. Right. They all have to go out there and try and fight for the contract that's five dollars more than everybody else's. Yeah. And that's and that's true in in the sense of the offensive line, the tight ends. I don't have to worry about that with our running backs because we have Aaron Jones, who's just solid and he's gonna be great every day, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, the Packers have some decisions to make John Runyon, AJ Dillon, things like that. They have to decide if they're going to keep paying those guys. Uh, And then there is defense and defense is where it's, it's an extremely pivotal, pivotal point on defense. Mm -hmm. Do you stick with Joe Barry or not? And I think I want to get into that more later. Okay. The, the, you bring up the, the four wide receivers. The one thing that I worry about going into next year is was this the honeymoon period? And does this team have what it takes to actually actually make the marriage work? Like four guys, zero ego? 
four guys here, uh, 53 guys, zero ego. Mm-hmm. That is what you pretty much saw. That's what it felt like this year. Uh-huh. A lot of guys with no, like your leaders were Rashawn Gary, who through the end of the season didn't really put it together on the field, but put it together emotionally hyping up his dudes. I loved, yeah, I loved the emotional leader that Rashawn Gary was, despite the lack of sacks in the yeah. second half of the season. Yeah. And That's then, a good point. And then Aaron Jones, who is the anti-ego. Yeah. Right? Who is like... He's Donald Driver. He is Donald Driver. He is this he backer's is Donald, Donald Driver. Driver. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like, he actually stuck it out and stayed, and we kept him, and all of a sudden, he's like that level he's ascending to deity level yeah we need to make sure that he doesn't play anyplace else protect aaron jones at all costs what Um, do you do with the mayor of door county uh that's that's a good question i'd I'd like i'd like to see them keep aj Dillon and draft a running back Mm -hmm. um but if they don't keep aj Dillon, i'll know why Mm -hmm. yeah he was a cool dude, great personality, but I I fear he has played his last out in Green Bay. I at least on feel, this I feel like AJ Dillon got better as the season went on. Like in the beginning, I think there were way more question marks. And as the season went on, he ran harder. He he leaned into his role better. Um and I think he became the person that we wanted him to be. He just wasn't available. Yeah. When it counted. Right. Which and was, that hurts. That, yeah. And it, but it also that hurt him too because he was probably hurt. Yeah. From a <laughs> well, it's also very atypical. I think those were his first missed games. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if you give, I there's an extremely valid case either way, giving yes. him the benefit of the doubt and bringing him back, or moving on because you can draft more running backs. Yeah. Um. That's a decision that is slightly above my pay grade. <laughs> Your pay grade of zero dollars. Zero dollars. Um, if you gave me five bucks, I'd make that decision for you. So yeah, I, I, Peter, you talked a lot last time about how sad it was going to be when this was over because of this moment of of house money, mm-hmm. um, vibes and and mm. you know playing without expectation. And I think yeah. like another point that Lafleur made in his postseason presser was we're going to have a lot more expectations next year because we've earned them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, that's what you want, right? You want to earn those expectations and then you got to go hit them. And so, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this I, team comes back in, in August. I forgot that I, you know, talked about that last week, but yeah, that, that is how I'm feeling. There really is this like, man, that was better than I could have imagined. And there was still meat left on that bone mm-hmm. that I threw into the trash for some reason. How unlike me. Um, Can we talk about the game in specific? I the, the, say, the 49ers game? I do want to say one last thing about sure. Matt LaFleur uh, before we move on. I think at the beginning of the season, that was one of my thoughts was like, it's going to be fun to watch Matt LaFleur come into himself as a mm-hmm. coach. This is This is a new thing for him. And it's been really fun to see how he leads when he is now the undisputed guy. Right. He is the undisputed 
you know, leader of that locker room. Yeah, just the fact that we're closing things down and talking about Matt LaFleur's presser and not talking about Aaron Rodgers' presser on how the season ends. It's a completely different look, different feel, different position of power that he is in that he wasn't before. Mm -hmm. He is the guy now, which is weird that he was the head coach and he wasn't the guy before. But he wasn't the guy before. When you got done with the game, you wanted to see what Aaron had to say about it, not what MLF had to say about it. That's yeah, right. Well, because Aaron's mood dictated the performance of the team a lot more than than Matt's did, and that's no longer true because this is finally the head coach's team. Thank it's, God. It is. I always love Mike McCarthy because I thought he was a great guy for Green Bay, for Wisconsin. And watching Matt LaFleur come into this, you know, now he's not having to balance his personality off of Aaron Rodgers. We get to see like Matt LaFleur who grew up in Michigan, mm-hmm. who is like not a huge dude, but kind of like a kind of scrawny athletic dude, probably with a hell of an arm mm. that, you know, he looks kind of like a good kid, but you know, he probably like set off some firecrackers in someone else's car before (laughs) you know he probably did some like shady midwestern he's like a midwestern sort of dude you know like not a huge personality but like deep down he gets he he gets the community that you know that he wants He, he gets the he gets community and he gets ball and it's it's fun to watch that. It's fun to watch that. I think he's a great dude for the Packers. Except he did a shitty job leading them to victory that against fucking the 49ers. asshole. Fucking blew it. <coughs> what a bitch. So this game, um, it was a heartbreaker. What? Um, where did where did we lose this game? In your eyes, what was like? What was it? The interception at the end. Yeah, we weren't out of it until we were out of it, and that's when we were out of it. Right. Yeah, man. Jordan Love could have just thrown that away very easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The thing is, like, people talk about that pass, but that drive, he came back to life. What we saw from him earlier on in the fourth quarter and, you know, through the second half kind of was, was a shying away. That's where I feel like the game was lost. The The game was lost earlier, I think, than that final drive by the, by the Niners. Um, it, it, I think it was lost when we started to feel this moment as the intensity of that game and that moment ratcheted up. I think that was just a little bit more than what we were what we were ready for, what we had built ourselves for. Um, and so we let opportunities slip away. We let drives get away from us on offense. We let, you know, more things happen in the run game. I, yeah, that's, that's where I felt like it was lost. But I think Jordan Love did, like, start to come back to life. That that pass that he missed on the sideline, that just barely missed, that was a good throw. That was a good throw. He put it where only his guy would be able to get it, and it just wasn't quite there. And then he did a really fucking dumb throw. <laughs> the throw, yeah. I, the throw he was trying to make, would have been <laughs> a 
most <laughs> insane throw I've ever seen. Like literally he was trying to throw it like fifth, like 20 yards. It was like 20 yards downfield, but across the entire <laughs> field, like he was trying to, from the right sideline, trying to hit Watson headed toward the left sideline, yeah. 20 yards downfield, like literally a 50 yard throw, 20 yards. Jordan Love gave it everything he had. And was, he was like, oh, God, this. And was woefully short. It was not a scared throw. That <laughs> <laughs> was a bold move. Yeah. Just the most. We go big to go home. And he was like, let's do both. <laughs> Go big and go home. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. Where do you think they lost the game, Professor? Man, I'll tell you where. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <Matt>. Anders. <laughs> no. Matt LaFleur not challenging the fourth and goal. Fourth and mm. fourth and inches spot in the red zone on the second drive of the game. Pissed me the fuck off. Because he was sitting there shouting at the ref. That's a horrible fucking spot. And acting like he didn't have any control over it. And you do, Matt. If you think it's a horrible spot, fucking challenge the spot. And it was the replay shot. And I don't know why this isn't a bigger deal or a bigger talking point. They didn't get stopped on fourth down and short. They got the conversion and were cheated out of advancing. And it was given back to the 49ers. And that was a crushing blow to our early momentum. And our whole philosophy in the second half of the season has been to aggressively attack the first quarter and get on top of teams. And this Mm -hmm. denied us the opportunity to do that. So either Matt thought the call was right, which he didn't because video evidence shows him disagreeing, or he didn't think that the moment warranted a challenge, which it did because our entire game plan revolved around a good early start Mm -hmm. and and if you think about these matt lafleur packers teams even through the aaron Rodgers years Mm -hmm. they have won that way the formula has been to get a three score lead and spend it all and win by six points well think about the last time that we played 49ers in the in the playoffs it was early mercedes lewis fumble Uh uh-huh you know that broke the momentum of of that game that's that's something we gotta i think that's something you gotta learn from you can't let something like that happen again. An early momentum killer. You have to, you know, you have to be able to stick through. I don't know how you, you know. And so, that, yes, that, 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 that was a huge, huge moment in the game for me. Totally agree. And Understand you hate not challenging it. What did you think about the play in the first place? I hated that we hurried up and ran that play call in the first place. Uh, what would you have done instead? Settled down, lined up, ran a play. Okay. I, w- I was fine with the play call because I think we've shown that we can sneak it pretty well. Our sneaks have been pretty Our good. Our is, is uh, pretty good. And furthermore, that one was successful. He got, let's not forget, he got the first down. So mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't mind the play call. I also am like putting a little bit of trust in the, in the, coaching staff of like that was a research decision like they thought that they could had an advantage going quick with a sneak against this team um and i'm going to 
I'm going to entrust that that's that's based off of like scouting and not just like what the only thing we thought we could safely get a yard on with our offense because I know um, we have more in our bag than that. Um, so that was a huge play. I I lament the the dropped interceptions mainly the Darnell Savage one the Keyshawn Nixon one um was a little bit tougher of a catch and was a little more understandable and less consequential but that Darnell Savage one very easily could have been a pick six would have put us up 10 nothing would have been amazing um when, when was that Keyshawn Nixon one uh that Sorry was to... later yeah. In the game. Okay. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do that research. Go ahead and do that research. I'm sorry that I rerouted you. Yeah, you, you did kind of like, anyway. Um, so the, those were big. And then, and then there's the missed field goal. And I was in a tiff on Twitter, uh, about this notion that the Packers should be bringing in competition for Anders Carlson, uh, you know, bringing in a veteran to, to ride out the playoff run with. And I was very adamantly against that. And I don't change my mind. I think Anders Carlson needed to be trusted in that spot and he needed to make the fucking kick and he missed the fucking kick. Mm-hmm. And I think again, like he's got to learn from that. And if he comes in and is missing six extra points next season, he's got to go, but you drafted a rookie kicker because you didn't think you'd make it this far. And you now you have a rookie kicker because you've drafted one. Mm. A good way to fuck up that rookie kicker is by bringing in a veteran and saying, we don't actually think that you're up to snuff when it counts. Um, and I think, you know, Anders Carlson has shown throughout the year, he's got a great leg. It, it, it's not the case where every kick of his is an adventure. There are, there are some misses and then there are, mostly towering, beautiful, perfect down the middle makes. Yeah. He's, he's his, his, like I've seen plenty of down years from Mason Crosby to know what it looks like when a kicker is like really just getting by, by the skin of his teeth. And this did not look like that. It looked like a guy who was like, knows exactly how to kick the fuck out of the ball and just, there's some mechanical failure that pops up every fifth kick. Yeah. Um, uh, with Anders, it's less than that, but it feels like that. With Anders, I was definitely more concerned on his PATs than on his regular kicks because it just seemed to be a thing with him that mm-hmm. he wasn't completely focused for those PATs every time and they would consistently pop up and catch him in the ass when he wasn't thinking about it. But with Carlson, what – what did people want? Were we supposed to just grab Mason in the middle no, of the yeah. season? Like that would that, have been the move. If you go and get a veteran, you're obviously going to get the veteran that you know and you love. But Mason struggled when he did find a team. He missed some influential kicks that fucked us up too. Yeah, he missed a kick that could have opened the could have given us the six seed, frankly. Yeah. So to say he was the answer, which would have been the only other answer. That that's nonsense. Hold on, I've got more points to make. If you're still talking about this, but I got to feed this dog, or he's gonna keep yelling at me. It's uh, the neighbor's dog to whom Andrew is beholden. He just gets yelled at until he gives him treats. 
This is the part of the podcast where we talk about how Andrew always podcasts outside. Mm-hmm. No, but this I... podcast brought to you by Outside. <laughs> it's where you might be now. <laughs> All right, we'll all right, we're back. Really- the dog has been bribed. We should be good for three minutes. We better. So, and furthermore, it'd be one thing to complain about a missed field goal, but the 49ers also missed a field goal. Exactly. So that's apples to apples for me. It's a wash. And I'm I'm far more concerned with the you know the skill players fucking up. I would like to see the stats on if your team blocks a field goal, what is the likelihood that you are going to win that game? Just because I feel like, at least in close games, I feel like that just means so much. And it's sad to me that that we couldn't reward Colby Wooden yeah. with that. Same thing with Eric Wilson. Oh, my yeah. God. That Eric Wilson fumble recovery. Oh, that was amazing. He should have picked that up and ran that in for a touchdown. <laughs> Fucking asshole. He could have just picked that thing up and just should've, scored. He should have crow hopped that and then <laughs> lateraled it. <laughs> That's where they blew the game. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, man. Oh, I also really quickly wanted to recap our, our rational predictions. Mm-hmm. So mine was wrong. I said that Aaron Jones would get less than, I don't know if I said less than 100 yards or 90, mm-hmm. uh, but I said more than 60, less than 100. And um, he got 108. Yeah. But. Without that fifty, if he, if that fifty-three yard run didn't happen, which was by far his longest run of the year, oh yeah, 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 yeah. you know that was I did I did not know that that was an option. So he got he got more than I expected. I, I said between sixty and hundred, and he popped off for one hundred eight. Um, Andrew predicted four catches by the tight ends. They had six. Woo! Oh, unless you count Ben Sims. Then oh, ha ha. Um, but yeah, that those six catches went for 23 total yards. <laughs> if you add the seventh, it's 27 How many touchdowns though. Um, one touchdown, one, one touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. It's big. It was big. It was a big, big play. Yeah. Uh, and then Peter's really ambiguous rational prediction was, which was some connection between two turnovers and winning the game. And we don't know which was yeah. required for the other to exist. Yeah. Um but the Packers did not get two turnovers. They got My, zero. Yeah. And they lost. So yeah. you I'm pretty sure I you beat that. the allegation. Didn't I say that if you we didn't what? at least come away yeah. equal in the turnover battle, we weren't gonna win? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And you were right. But we were winning we were Losing the turnover battle while still winning the game. Mm-hmm. So that was happening for a time. Mm-hmm. It was, and then our last turnover made us lose that game. Yeah. What does the what does the 49ers window look like? I feel like they're paying everyone everything. Right. Yeah. Like, they, they have so many dudes that they're paying max contracts. To. Yeah. Like Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Fred Warner, yeah. Debo Samuel, Brandon Christian, Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. 
Why do they keep getting away with this? They that team <laughs> has to fall at some point. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. And once those dudes start to fall off, Purdy is gonna become very average, very quick. Purdy looked like shit most mm-hmm. of the game. And that last drive, he had a couple really nice throws. Mm-hmm. And throughout the entire game, he kept missing guys and making it very easy on us. Yep. Like missing, missing, bad missing. Like this awkward. This is awkward mm. how much he was missing. And yet we couldn't take advantage, which fucking sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, all right. So time to get sad. What was the most sad part of the game. What are you most sad about? Man, I think the first thought that comes to mind is, I mean, you know, fuck him in his sleep. Mike Zimmer, after he missed, his team missed uh, that field goal to beat Seattle in the playoffs. Outdoors. Someone asked him, how far do you think this team could have gone? And he said, we don't get to find out. I think that's that's the thing because this team was so fun to watch and so enjoyable. This, I mean, this team restored my faith as a Packer fan. Like, I felt like a Packer fan for the first time in years. That sounds kind of happy, though. Can you make it a little more sad? <laughs> that it's over. Yeah. And you just you just don't know. You have expectations. You have hopes. But the future is the future. And you just don't know how it's going to grow. You and know what I'm most sad about? What's that? Are you ready? Were you done? That's okay. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's... I'm most sad that we don't get to look back at that Aaron Jones 53-yard run mm. as the the play that's, that broke open and sealed the game for the Packers to finally vanquish the 49ers in the playoffs. Mm. Aaron Jones in general, mm. just thinking about the run he was on, five straight 100 yard rushing games are you kidding me yeah the longest streak in packers history yes that's incredible and he was the emotional heart and soul of this team it's emotional moral compass and for him to bust that one out when we needed it most right backed up yeah and the pressure was on and we oh and the fact that we didn't take advantage of that, even, you know, a field goal, <laughs> like mm-hmm. missing the field goal really hurt. It, of course, you want it to lead to a touchdown that gives you an 11 point commanding mm-hmm. lead in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even just a fucking field goal mm-hmm. just to show like, yes, you you've given us everything and we're going to we're going to make it worth it for you. And I just you never you don't know talking about the future and you don't know you don't know if aaron jones is ever gonna have a stretch i mean he's probably not right Mm -hmm. it seemed like he was like peaking he was like this was the culmination of a career of development for him was when he was able to just turn it on Mm -hmm. five games in a row in the stretch run to put us over the top and 
complete this team, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so the fact that we left that effort unrequited Mm -hmm. makes me the most sad. Do you think that has to do with why people are so upset with Anders Carlson? I mean, yes, there's the, the missed field goal, but that play in particular, how big that was and where you were and to just have it be completely deflated by this guy who's like, you're waiting for him to get it right. And in the moment that counts, he doesn't. I mean, I think in order to have as sophisticated of a viewpoint as as that. It's a, it's a subconscious thing. I think there's a subconscious thing to it. No, I, I yeah. what I'm saying is for one's subconscious to be sophisticated to that extent, you also would have to have an under, a better understanding, a healthier understanding of what it means to have a rookie kicker. Mm-hmm. And I think the people who are mad at Anders Carlson for missing that field goal are just like, Kicker bad. Get new kicker. Mm. Don't know who new kicker is. <laughs> just bad, not bad kicker. Yeah. Boo. And so... Like Mike Zimmer asses. Yeah, really. The worst kicker coach in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it does make it... It does make it a more devastating miss, is the fact that it came on the heels of that. And yeah. whether... You know, whether you're someone who subscribes to the notion of momentum or not. Yeah. It it hurt. Yeah. Why are you most sad, Andrew? I'm most sad that it's over. And not in that our playoff run is done and we don't get to go on. I'm sad that we don't get to play a couple more games anyways. Like, why can't we just have a consolation tournament? We were building. We were moving our momentum forward so much. Let us play the Eagles or something, man. Let us just no, we'll play the Buccaneers for third place in the conference. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Let us go play some more football. I don't want to stop building these guys up when they were going just on such a trajectory to see it halted and paused for eight months. Uh, I don't like that. That makes me sad. I don't want to be away from everybody for that long. I don't want to see a mock draft. Mock drafts make me sad. Oh, they they do make me sad too. But it's it's a little it's a little different now because I'm like, all right, who are the ten guys that are coming and going to come in and kick ass next year? (laughs) I mean, mock drafts are a little bit cooler when you keep having rookies ball out. How mock drafts work? Is there just a website? And it's like Madden where you just pick your guys and then everybody else picks and then yeah. you pick your guy from who's left. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is it like the, it may, maybe it's like those fantasy football mock draft lobbies where you need to have 30 people sign up and everyone's <laughs> one of the teams. And yeah, like, is somebody else picking for these teams or is it just auto pick for everybody? And then, I would assume that there's more of a human element to it than that. Cause otherwise you're just like, you're just like, like competing Madden. against the algorithm. Everybody's yeah. playing yeah, well, that fucking five minutes of a Madden season. And like, look what I did in this five minute Madden mini game. Who cares? Nothing. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think like, I think that's like, 
it's a really cheap level of content, right? You're just, you're just like, Hey, what if the Packers picked these players? They won't, but what if they did? <laughs> There's no, and you're like, man, that'd be awesome. If they did, I'm going to think about that for the next five minutes. And then what, where does that lead? Mm-hmm. Then you watch the draft. I, the other thing is the other reason I it's don't like mock drafts, it, it is football porn. That's kind of, but the, the other reason I don't watch mock drafts is because, I don't pay attention to draft scouting is because I'd rather just be like, this is the guy. It's just Jaden Reed. It's not Jaden Reed as opposed to all the wide receivers that you got excited for before the draft. Mm -hmm. It's like, now I can just focus on the guys we actually took. Mm -hmm. I no longer have to suffer through my draft crush, Jordan Addison becoming a Minnesota Viking. Yeah. I can just sit back and relax and root for my guys instead of like, Oh, I love him. And now he's a cowboy and I have to like reconcile my hatred of the Cowboys with my love of Blake Corum. It's like, I got, yeah, I get a little bit into it. I think, but it's not something that I research. I think there's been a couple of years where I've read some stuff right before the draft comes out and I'll, you know, like keep an eye out for people. It's different if we're picking like 12th. Yes. Right. Yeah, like when totally. you can, when you can like count every player that's going to be drafted on your hand right. before your pick, then it's like, oh, well, let's, let's think about this. But at, you know, past yeah. even halfway through round one, it's like, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, yeah, people whose mock drafts are talking about what's great in the second, third, fourth. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> There's absolutely no way anybody has any idea of who's going to be left. Who's gonna, like the only thing to me that makes sense about draft analyzation is tell me what positions you would most enjoy adding and rank them. Right. You don't have to give me your fucking players because that doesn't make any sense. Knowing who's there, whatever, whatever. Do you want to take a safety one? Would adding a badass safety help us the most? You can tell me that about what you want in the draft. That makes sense. Linebacker two, O-line three, cool. We can have that discussion. But when you start assigning random names and why they might fall at this position, you've lost me and I think you're stupid. It's also like, I, I think like, what is, what has been the learning at large from draft analysis like thinking about the fact that randos on twitter do mock drafts every fucking day and that's one that's like the furthest out level with the least expertise all the way up to like mel kuyper right Mm -hmm. todd mcshay everyone who's ever spent a second of their life or more thinking about the nfl draft analyzing it in the the preview sense what have we learned from that has anyone ever gotten a mock draft for the whole first round right? No. No. I don't think so. No. No. Um, and if you do enough of them, you're liable to like get some stuff right. Yeah. But you also got the vast majority of stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it just, I for me, it's like... A hundred percent of the time is better to just wait, wait for the actual draft 
And then you have concrete knowledge from which you can do analysis. Mm -hmm. How will this guy who's actually going to this team actually fit with that actual team? But it's porn, so (laughs) each their own. Pretty much. We do kink shame here at the Packer Force Podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. If mock drafts are your kink, Mm. get a fucking hold of yourself. And rip it and let it slip. Go to actual porn. Yeah, just jerk off (laughs) instead of doing a mock draft. Can you please just actually masturbate? You know what I'm sad about? What? That we don't do as many Packer Force podcasts. Mmm. Aw, you guys. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. We've been getting better as a podcast. We have. I don't mean to, like, toot our own booter. You could just say horn. I like my version. You don't have to toot your own butthole. (laughs) (coughs) No, yeah, much to... But jokes. What everybody was saying, losing the season, you lose the gathering aspect, you lose the building aspect, and you don't just lose the building aspect from the team perspective, but here, like you were saying, you felt more like a Packer fan than you have in a long time. Mm-hmm. And dude, ditto. I haven't felt this level of excitement about watching Packer football in a long time. Like, what what are you excited to bring back and try out and do better at next season on your own self? For one, Anders Carlson, was he at fault or were we at fault? Mm. Were you holding anybody's hands for his fucking kick? Because I wasn't. I, w- I was too early. It was too early. Yeah. It, it did end up being Very a big important. kick. But maybe maybe we learned that lesson. You know, maybe yeah. we know any fourth quarter kick that has a as dictates, especially like, when you got a Joe Barry defense. I feel like two or three hands. years ago, we would have known that that was time to hold hands. Mm. And I don't I don't think we were really in playoff shape ourselves yet. I think we need a year to prepare and get really around what we need to do as fans. All right. Well, fuck all this sadness. What are you most happy about? This about, about going forward in the future of um, Aaron Rodgers. I was just thinking today, he's going to suck next year. Aaron? Aaron. Yeah. I did like, are they going to be able to build up that offensive line enough? Are they, is he still going to be able to captivate that locker room? That Because Aaron Rodgers goes through honeymoon phases like it's nobody's business, <laughs> right? Aaron Rodgers goes through new shit and then you get fucking tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't see how Aaron Rodgers can come at his age, take a year off of football. And just come back and set the league on fire like he wants to. He's going to be playing below his his own expectations. It's going to be more Brett Favre 2010 than Brett Favre 2009. Yeah. I don't know, though, man. If he listens to enough Dolphins fucking, (laughs) he might be ready to go. No, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, that's the I am thing. happy because because all signs point to growth. All signs point to new life. And all signs point to greatness ahead. I'm really glad I had a third one for that list. Yeah, it would have yeah. been underwhelming, which is too. I, I did it. You pulled um, it off. No, yeah, I was looking for a, a gift to send somebody about Aaron Rodgers, about how next year he's going to just snap his other fucking ligament. So I was looking through uh, guitar string popping gifts, and I found one with the whole... Uh, <laughs> The top of the guitar just fell off, and I was like, "Oh, that's more accurate. That's gonna be, <laughs> his whole foot's just gonna fall off next year with them weak ass ankles." I don't know what he's coming back. He's just gonna look fucking stupid. It's gonna be hilarious. I can't wait to start the fucking clock running on how long it takes for him to fucking just explode. <laughs> that- we don't root for injuries on this podcast, except one. <laughs> And only it was fun. No head injuries. Keep that beautiful brain of yours intact, Aaron, so you keep giving us the wisdom that you impart. He could use a brain adjustment. (laughs) Because he's a dumb asshole. Is that what you're most happy about, Andrew? Or what are you most happy about when you think about this Packers team? What I'm most happy about is just the reinvigoration that has come. That it's not, it's not any of the things that it's been for the last couple of years. It's not even the beginning of this year again. It's not the going into the year questioning. There's no fear going into next year. It's all just fucking rev it up and let's go. We don't have to come out worried that we're going to toil in obscurity for the next three or four years until we find the guy. Or is he the guy? Well, the We've got the plan now. This is a damn good plan. It can work. It can work at the highest levels. This team that we've got is awesome. And I cannot wait until we're taking snaps again. I'm going to be more invested in the preseason, in the offseason, in the regular season. No, not the draft. Still not the draft. (laughs) I will pay attention to the draft when the draft happens and we start getting new Packers. I, just like always, will not give one flying shit about who is in the draft before the draft happens. Tell me about who the new Packers are and we'll go from there. Um, Once we get there, I'm going to be real excited to find out who these new baby Packers are and get them brought into the fold get them kicking ass and going forward. Do you think the Packers players should all buy tickets to the Super Bowl and go watch the game together? (laughs) No. No, I don't. Why not? It's a great idea. (laughs) Every team should do that. Every NFL player should just go to the stadium. It will be a thing after this year. When the Packers do it. When the Packers do it, and then next year they win the Super Bowl. Hey. I mean, it would like acclimate them to the hoopla. Yeah, yeah which yeah, could yeah. be advantageous. Studying. Um, one thing I heard about this team constantly in a lot of the um, 
Matt Schneidman would always say after a loss, like, it is not sad in here. It's a classroom in here. Mm-hmm. These guys are talking about the game. These guys are talking, making adjustments, seeing what they can learn from it. And that's how I think this offseason is going to be. It's going to be – It's going. class is still in session. I hope so. I hope so. What I'm most happy about with this Packers team is the feeling that I got on every Jordan Love drop back. Mm. It's just like the anticipation mm. of like you're going to see something and you don't know what and you get to just watch it. Mm-hmm. You just get to watch him make a decision – make a throw and then watch that throw. It was, it was incredible. And it reminds me of Aaron Rodgers pre Broncos game in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that, like, let's be honest. That yeah. was the, the <laughs> end the point for that. Yeah. Uh, but just, just mm. the, the newness of it, the improvisation and, you know, not that he was making plays outside of the the scheme either. It was just, it was like watching Aaron, watching Jordan Love find new things and also watching Matt LaFleur find new concepts that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, how are we going to get guys open? Like all the, think about how many wide open tight end passes there were. Just like mm-hmm. where we would just leak the tight end for, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Obviously the long ones to Musgrave or even the short ones like that. We got touchdowns on with Tucker craft in the wild or in the divisional round or Ben Sims against the chiefs. Um, just creative play design and, and just watching that be executed at a, at a high level was so fun. It was so fun. And it has been years since it has felt like that Aaron Rodgers dropbacks in the last four years have felt like, you, you know, the same way Aaron Rodgers feels like you're just you're watching it expectantly like, OK, please throw it to the middle of the field. No. Yeah, please. <laughs> please make an amazing throw here. Oh, check down or, you know, throw away or wait too long and get sacked. And, and then there would be an amazing throw. And then there would be yeah. some amazing throws. Is it yes. just me or did LaFleur actually step his game way the fuck up? Yeah, in the middle yeah, yeah, of the yeah. season, like when we were, when, I mean, I did, I doubted him very heavily in midseason around the Broncos game. Yeah, mm-hmm. people were thinking Lafleur yes. doesn't have it. Yeah. yeah, he's not scheming guys open. He's calling plays, and Love is consistently throwing to dudes that are just blanketed. What is going on? And then something happened, and then all of a sudden Lafleur was dialing games up. And well, I mean, it was like open guys. It was like after the bye week, right? Mm-hmm. After the bye week, you started to see our offense kind of expand. And I remember there was a quote, I think it was from John Runyon about like, oh, we can do some of the things the Dolphins are doing. Yeah. And it was like, OK, let's fucking see it then. And then you saw it. And then yeah, you started to see it. You started to see it. Yeah, it took it, a second, but you did. I, I think the story of Matt LaFleur's growth over this season is just as big as the story. Okay, it's not just as big as the story <laughs> growth, but I think it is still it's a parallel. It's, it's a he parallel story. That he could he can take a team and turn this season around. From what we were two and five, 
Yeah. He can turn it around from two and five and get you to the playoffs. Go seven and three. Go seven and three down the stretch. And I think, you know, this game against the 49ers, this felt like the least afraid that we've been. And, you know, talent-wise, I don't think you could say that raw talent-wise, this team compares to what we've had in the past. I think when, we, when we've when we've done that. I think that I think I think he's knocking on that door of really taking himself off of the Shanahan tree and establishing himself as as, a, as his own coach. I see that clearly, more clearly than I've seen it in the past. Yeah, this was the first time in our five now mm-hmm. playoff defeats at the hands of the 49ers yeah. where I was proud of how we played and mm-hmm. like felt good. Well, actually, the the second loss where we in 2013 where we lost on a last second field goal, mm-hmm. that was like good for us. That was a good showing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Micah Hyde dropped interception. <coughs> Peter uh, Packer. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the this was like the best we'd played against the 49ers. It felt like we were just playing our game and not like playing in some shadow of what we couldn't right. do. Right. Um, right. And so that's why it was so, it was kind of weird that we lost it because it was like, wait, we actually played them this time. Yeah. We should, this feels so much more successful than previous games. It feels like it has to, to be a win. I didn't know there was a margin between like how shitty we had played before, how well we played now and actually winning the game. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was crazy. Speaking of Micah Hyde, future Packer, what are your hopes and dreams for the off season for this Packers team? What do you want to see added to this team? I want to see it. I want to see, let's see, uh, safety, right guard, left tackle. Um, you don't like I, Rasheed Walker? You know, this is the thing. I think that we could talk about this again in a couple weeks because we haven't really gotten into like what specific roster moves you want to see. I think we should do a uh, post Super Bowl podcast where we really start focusing. Okay. What, what do you want to see? Okay. Can somebody please explain to me why we're still paying Razul Douglas? Uh, what? Because we love him. <laughs> I, I I mean, the trade was for a third rounder. We must have kept his contract or something. Yeah, somehow we're still like due to pay him like nine million dollars of salary next year. I've been what? seeing this. Somehow in that trade, we didn't lose his contract from the books. I don't understand that. It makes the trade look even worse than it already was and suggests that there were problems that were far beyond just being good idea for getting an extra pick and clearing some salary because we didn't clear salary. I've seen from multiple accounts that we are still on the books for Rizul next year. Which is shocking, bad, and a little bit troubling for what was going on behind the scenes there. Yeah. I did not know that. I didn't, yeah, I d- I'm not aware of that either. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, but that's bad. Um, it seems that Savage's contract is over. So what do you do with him? 
he had some big plays coming down the stretch, and he missed a big play in the biggest position. We def- I think he played so much better this year, though. I I I want us. I do too, man. To bring him back, yeah, I, I like I, I bring him back. That if you can get him on a sweet deal, if you can get him, unless you're finding somebody else in the free agent pool with better stat line than him, that for some reason you have more faith in. But I can't really see that happening. I'd love to bring Savage back. <laughs> Safety depth is definitely one of the biggest needs. Throw in a couple new studs at O line and edge, maybe. I really, regardless of what we do with AJ Dillon, I want to see us bring in new running back talent. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, if you don't bring Dillon back, then I want a top, <coughs> you know, I want a fourth round pick or higher at running back. Yeah. And if you do bring Dillon back, then that lessens the need. You can wait till the fifth, sixth, seventh round. True. But, but you I want to see to us ask. get better there. Mm-hmm. I want to see us bring in competition at kicker in training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anders Carlson knows he can't be shitty 20% of the time forever. Um, do you think that this team needs a wide receiver? No. God, no. The only thing I think about... No, no, I don't think we do. Okay. I don't think we do unless you want to trade Christian Watson for someone. Mm. That's I, that's something that... But his dad I, is so in love with us now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys been seeing these tweets? This man has completely I turned it around from have not. the Steelers game. Yeah, that dude is a Packer now. Did you know his dad was drafted by the Packers? I, like, somebody... Yeah, I, I like, didn't know that. I remember I once that was brought up again recently. I was like, Oh yeah, they did like mention that on draft day, but like it was very, very understated. I think because his tenure with the Packers was like quite bad. <laughs> like it did like we like did not keep him for a whole year. Yeah. He did not pan out. He did not play very much for us at all. He became a stealer and that's where his career. I thought it was a chief. Was it? A chief? Yeah, the main thing with Christian Watson is yeah, I just want to see that hamstring get better. That's the main thing. We yeah. want to see him be available. It's not his fault. It's he's not he's not weak for it. He's gotta protect that. That's his that's his moneymaker. Yeah. And as Aaron Jones showed, you can overcome a hamstring injury. Yeah. Although he did say he re aggravated it a little bit. Oh, on really? the on the big run on the fifty three yard run, really? yeah, and they asked Matt Lafleur about that in this press conference, and Lafleur goes, "I did not know that, so that's <laughs> interesting." <laughs> All right, um, I got to get going, which means we got to get going. Hold Thank on. you for listening. Real okay, quick, final before, thoughts before we go out. How do you feel about everybody's reaction, and where do you stand on the Niners versus the Lions? Go Lions. Yeah. Lions, right? Yeah. Oh, Lions. I'm yeah, I mean like you're never rooting, you're never really rooting for anybody in in the playoffs. You're really just rooting against people. Yeah. And I would be far more upset to watch the 49ers win a Super Bowl Absolutely. than the Lions. People harp on I will never root for a division rival. They're not a division rival. They're a division. <laughs> 
You can't have everybody in the division be a division rival. <laughs> they're a division teddy bear. They're, just, I mean, they're our division sons. Yeah, the, the Lions are a rival. That's news to me. I mean, yeah, even though they beat us out of the playoffs last year, like there was no ill will there. We can't get over the fucking Lions with Aaron Rodgers. What's the most pissed off you've ever been at a Lions fan? <laughs> um, Bagel. Oh, I feel like there was probably like a Thanksgiving where they beat us, where it's like, why did you beat us? Yeah. You ruined my thing. 2003. No, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I called my, my eighth grade industrial technology teacher was a Lions fan and I called him a douche. <laughs> I was on the bus, so I thought he couldn't hear me, but he gave me a referral. So <laughs> it's after school. Oh, oh man. I tried to, to lie and say, I said, Liz wants a smooch. Not you're a douche. It's like the time when uh, mom and pop heard me, uh, heard Scott tell me to touch Marissa's boob. (laughs) And I went upstairs and I was like, they didn't say that. They said, touch Marissa's book. (laughs) (laughs) He spelled that shit out. Yeah. (laughs) Thought I had it. Thought I had it planned out. You were always Uh, the smartest of us. Yeah. Except for when you're done. I gotta go. Thank you for listening to the Packer Force podcast. Uh, remember, don't be an asshole. And uh, like us, like like we are, like me. If you see Anders on the street, you wouldn't notice him anyways. But if you do, when you do, be nice. Yeah, be nice to Anders Carlson. Yeah. Unless he does this shit next year, then fucking flick him yeah. in the chin. Yeah, if he does it next year, fuck him. He's gone. <laughs> but you get one year to fuck up some. Yeah. As long as you make it your origin story. All right. That's all for us. Thank you. And go pack. Go. Go, pack, go. See you next year or after the Super Bowl. We'll see after you. the Super Bowl.